I had a really tough time. So we were almost caught up on our social media. I'm almost caught up for doing uh, posts about the last few episodes that we've done. Mm -hmm. The funnest part has been doing image searches for different ideas that we've been discussing on the episodes, uh, some of which are quite abstract, and then trying to do a social media post about the new episode being up and trying to find an image to go with the idea of inheritance or uh, yeah. fulfillment, things like that have been, it's been a real time. I feel like... For inheritance, I reckon just put up a picture of um, a family that, like three generations of a family that look the same. I was so tempted because that would be the easy one to do, but we were so strict about it not being genetic inheritance when we yeah, did the true, episode. Yeah, true, true, true. Again, you see, this is the level of quality I control I bring to the yeah, image. Yeah, I'm glad somebody cares about that detail. I don't take that extra step of spending more than five minutes on on it, but I, in that five minutes of panicked um, image searching, I bring some praxis to it. What do you think we should talk about today, <laughs> Chris Andrews? Oh, that's the end of that? Oh, I thought there was going to be more about the images. You're just Definitely saying not. you can't find them. Fulfillment. Yeah. I'm just saying I want our audience members to start predicting what ideas we'll be talking about and sending me ideas for image suggestions uh, oh, yeah, from cool. now. It seems like a fair Outs- ask. Yeah, outsource everything. Exactly. What do I want to talk about? Look, I'm looking, I'm staring at a book that says the French Revolution. Oh, the French Revolution. Jeez, that'd be a new style of um, episode, wouldn't it? Good or it, not. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, just how good relative to <laughs> other things. I mean, we could do revolution or revolutions. Are we ready to do that? I'm a little wary you worried that you're going to tip your hands in terms of the various revolutionary movements that you're currently part of and how it might affect your membership? Well, yeah, how I'm internally undermining them. (laughs) This is great. What are we doing? We're getting anywhere? Guys, guys, uh, relax. Just saying relax at the the meetings. Aren't you worried that what we're doing will ultimately represent the regime that we're overthrowing? (laughs) Boo! Boo! (laughs) Um, no, I don't want to do revolution. Um, okay. Oh, aristocracy. How about aristocracy? Yeah, great. Let's do it. Let's cue Luke, our theme song and then afterwards we'll do the intro to the podcast and then afterwards we'll do the podcast. And then afterwards we'll have a social chat. Hey. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Rank Ideas Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Nick. And together we have uh, formed a sort of ultimate Power Ranger type uh, monster situation and that monster is fighting uncertainty about the order in which all ideas stand. <laughs> oh, what a threadbare budget cut version of the Power Rangers or Voltron or any of those guys where there's just two. The two, yeah. By how two powers combined. <laughs> you you form the torso, the head and the arms. I'll form the lower part of the torso, the hips and the lower, rest of the lower body. <laughs> Fire, wind. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fire and wind's all you need. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, wind and fire together has massive destructive power. Yeah, but we're trying to—we're not trying to be destructive, oh. are we? Oh, goodness! <laughs> in, that ca- in that case, this, this is a bad outcome. What have you done? Uh. Um, uh, so this week we're going to be ranking um, aristocracy. I—it's—it's um, it's one of those great ones because I feel like uh, it's right because it's still so much more prevalent than I think think than occur, might occur to. 
people, persons like yourself or myself to be just be like, oh yeah, as aristocracy, what a quaint thing. And meanwhile, like just there's just s- literally so many live aristocracies still in the world. Yeah. Do you mean do you mean live as in sort of in the archaic form, or do you mean just uh, the the same sort of social function? Um, active in term, as in that just exist, as in there are people who are mm-hmm. who are aristocrats who are getting to yeah where their entire life is defined by their arist- aristocratic status and you know the flow on su- support that the state gives them through that. Yeah, I think there are tens of thousands in Europe. Mm. Um, that's where we, that's where you sort of uh, culturally imagine them. But there, I mean, there, there are still royal families in power through Asia. Um, I don't know about Africa. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've done no research into this topic, which is why, of course, I'm perfectly placed to, to rank it. Lay, um, the power of the layperson. I think that, um, you know, we'll go for the easiest, broadest definition on aristocracy, which is um, where people have an inherited status that uh, gives them social rights above others. It's or, interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess the question is, um, are, we rank- are we ranking just that or also the idea that those um, aristocratic ti- titles have uh, an inherent um, force of merit behind them, like as in people, as in as in the idea of aristocracies are invested with the idea of correctness, like the idea of yeah. a cor- you know there's there's a that there's something. I mean, you can go you know that uh, where the correctness comes from comes from a variety of ideas from of ideas from um, you know uh, divine. Divine right of kings, right? Divine, yeah. The, the idea that there was that there's a divine hand at work in the selection of the aristocracy, um, or even ideas of concepts and ideas of breeding. You know, a sort of eugenics argument that um, that people in aristocratic in aristocratic lines uh, deserve to, to be there because of something inherent in their blood or their gene set. Which is so great when you've, you know, then yeah. forcing, you know, 200 people to have 18 generations of children. <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> and again, but I, f- and again, like, I know that that's, it's both of those things because these, these different ideas, because they're so um, demonstrably, de- so demonstrably untrue um, would be, uh, feel like um, they're going to downweight the idea. But to me, they seem pretty persistently inherent in the idea. Yeah, if, I think I, I think I think start with the realities, and then um, you know all those things that we cover will, will form part of that definition. Because I, I don't think you can extract extricate too many of them. Even just the idea that people from aristocratic lines are part of a line that are experienced and trained, or you know, just have just have a force of tradition behind them being behind them being in that role, and the idea that that makes them the best people to be in that role is another persistent idea. Um, I feel like all these things you got you got to include it in in the in the ranking and in the analysis. Yep, yep. Well, let let's do it. Let's start. Where do you want to begin? Um, how does it begin? How does it? How do you end up with aristocracy in the first place? You reckon? Uh, I guess people wanting to retain the incumbent power that they have, um, and to share it amongst the people that they like. Um, <laughs> and and you know and and probably it begins at some stage. Be- based around some concept of merit, you know, that um, the foundations of it are potentially meritorious and then um, that merit, be, yeah, is, it becomes the exact, exact missing piece. Do you think that the, do you think that the idea of it being conferred authority and uh, social position and, and status of power being conferred through uh, family lineage, do you think that that ever starts merit, uh, 
as as an idea of merit, or is it more the idea that perhaps the first person to have that position in society got there through some degree of merit, but once they were there, then that then they go, all right, and also my kids yeah. will have that. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, I think that that's it. I mean, um, because I'm looking at the French Revolution book still, I got to get it out of my line of sight. It's, <laughs> it's polluting all my thought. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we could kill people called Louis. <laughs> um, uh, Nominative uh, determinism is a whole other yeah, yeah, yeah. idea to write. I can't believe their parents would do that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's an easy ca- case to mount at the start to be like, well, of course, you know, I, there's um, some divine hand or there's, there's some um, merit because I have taken all power and, you know, how else would that have happened and be a great thing for everyone. And um, it's, it so naturally follows that, um, you know, the, the children of my loins will will uh, are the best place to keep that authority. Obviously, there's there's no merit in that second step, but uh, yeah, I th- I think that um, I think that that must be uniformly how it starts because you do have people like um, Napoleon Bol- Napoleon Bonaparte who uh, you know are f- completely from outside um, those systems and then um, a classic can't... disruptor. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> disruptor. Yeah, um, and then um, he told it like of, it is. I heard, and then you know he's instating his his uh, you know his family in um, in positions and um, you know having a, a, a yeah, but you know recreating the same sort of structure. So I think that um, I think that's how it starts, and um, and I think there is a sort of self fulfilling prophecy where if enough people buy into the idea that um, that the the, the aristocratic class deserves their merit because they are then best because they're best placed to um, rule uh, by virtue of who they are. You know that that kind of becomes true to a point in that um, you know all, all society's resources are diverted and expectations are um, are uh, sh- uh, shaped around um, that truth. And so, consequently, of course, um, you know uh, how much as you know, Gina Reinhardt is much better positioned to um, manage a large mining company than I am. Um, uh, you know, uh, that that's not a genetic thing. That's because of, of, uh, of the opportunities and environments in, in which uh, Gina grew up um, versus I, the ones that I did. But it is still, it is still nonetheless completely true. You know, like it would be a disaster for me to run a company tomorrow. Um, that's, that's why it's the reality TV pitch that I've been working on with Stan. <laughs> <laughs> um, is you running a mining company, but the, uh, Stan, there's nominative determinism. <laughs> also shout, out, shout out to Chris's close friend, Louis, um, just uh, <laughs> yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. If you see him coming towards you. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, yeah, it's funny. It kind of reminds me like the, in that idea, that idea that, um, of self-fulfilling prophecy that once you portion resources to a particular group, then it just creates the reality that they are more practiced at using those resources or have more reference or more language um, to prosecute those resources. And sort of, of corporate knowledge as well. Yeah, in the in yes, totally. But in the germ of that, you, you have so much of what, um, of the rhetorical positions that people use to justify um, uh, uneven distribution of resources or just, or just status quo. Like the idea, you know, like it, it reminds me instantly of, um, the idea of, uh, how marginalized indigenous Australians are in Australia and just my, it's immediate, um, experience of, of that, um, as an Australian and seeing how many, how many steps behind, um, uh, an indigenous Australian or any poor Australian might be in terms of, um, 
not you know like the uh, conditioning psychological and emotional and the um just the just the experiential reality of their life like if you just you know it's they're stitched up in a way where if you just chucked them into if you just did a trading places and chucked them into a position of um stability uh and wealth then you know they would be you and, and but if you were doing it in a kind of uh bad faith way of seeing like well let's let's see how well they do again even just the uh, even just the example of you, Chris, like jump uh, putting you in charge of a mining company and you not being com- uh, competent to do it on day one, um, the idea that that proves anything in, uh, essential about your character or, yeah. or or breeding or something something or an imbo or the rights quality. that my my children should have. Yes, exactly. Yeah, anything about your theoretical children. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, and I feel like it's some, I, yeah aristocracy feels like part of the narrative framework or part of this part of the story collection that's happened across human history that makes it makes people able to be comfortable with different people being in different uh, positions in society and this, and and not feel in a yeah. sense of injustice about it yeah and that's a that's a really uh interesting one because it's i mean it would be easy to mount a case to say that you know we sort of have um aristocratic classes now um, in our ostensibly merit- meritocratic societies um, and, uh, and you know, how would you map those and what's the function? And uh, Because there, there is a sort of, a, you know, th- I mean, the famous uh, uneven distribution of wealth and opportunity and how that sort of affords um, and determines uh, how people's lives will go. But I th- one really fun thing that, I, uh, that uh, this is brought up, and I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but there's an article um, in The Atlantic maybe six months ago about meritoc- meritocracy and why it's a disaster for us now. Yeah, and, I read that one. Yeah, isn't it great how the premise is that, um, uh, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it's a bit whatever, but there's there's one great element that, I really, that really stuck out with me, which is um, that the that the disaster is, um, you know, in the past where people were apportioned their aristocratic titles, you know, they, they could spend their day frittering around, sort of securing that and, um, you know, pursue their interests or, you know, have have a life of leisure or whatever. Whereas now people who occupy those positions um, have clawed so hard to get there and, um, you know, because of the relativistic way in which we um, feel status and and, uh, and and stress about it, um, the people who occupy those same tiers now are, are miserable because they're, they're having to you know constantly you know upskill their kids or like worry about their portfolios and um you know their relative positions of wealth and i really i thought that was really funny to, to think yeah, about it's, it's less it's not even that they had to claw to get there they may or but they may not have but it's oh, yeah, that, true. it's it's that the narrative it's it's that the no 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 it's that the um narrative uh position that they have that that their selfhood is organized around is meritocracy the idea that mm. they're that they're where they are because they deserve to be where they are and so they need um, a some kind of reductive uh, mechanism to keep re-upping that sense of um, yeah. of worth, and that's hard work. Like it's been defined as hard work. So yeah, it's like I mean we've talked about it before on the podcast. Like to me, just I think the one you know this might be the only positive argument in favor of aristocracy is at least it allows um, people who are wealthy and privileged to believe in the. Um, merit of the leisure class and being the leisure class and actually having a better time than other people as you say the that the meritoc this idea of this this new idea of the meritocracy trap as an as an analytical lens is that rich people are, miser- are as miserable as poor people now which isn't true but they are at least miserable because they're um having to uh get their um 
yeah, they're, they're having to get their satisfaction still from the idea of how hard they're working or what they're, or what they're sacrificing or some sense of ordeal. Whereas that never used the, that didn't used to be the point. The point used to be that if you're an, if you're, a, um, a king who was definely appointed, for instance, or just an aristocrat, you were just born to have a better life than other people. And you could just get about the business of having that better life. Um, another funny element is, is the, the sort of arms race that, um, that that uh, that status mapping and and the sort of the 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 sense of you know having to having earned your place and having to continuously earn your place leads to and it, I think it was in this article that it cited the the Harvard study of um, people and how much time they spend with their kids and the the, the guy was bragging in the in this piece um, he's he's saying how it's how important it is for him to have a whole life and um, and how each night after work he spends 10 minutes with his son you know whether he has the time or not <laughs> and it was it was 10 minutes i'm like you know it was saying you know what what sort of how how much more uh, uh you know how much worse an increment can you even imagine like I measuring like, this stuff in? i feel like uh in terms of in terms of who that guy is i feel like that that kid would probably have a better net benefit from no minutes uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just the, the the least footprint that guy has in the development no of i don't know it'd be it'd be a virtuous cycle where if he was forced to spend four hours a day you know not working you know he'd become a better parent and they'd form a better relationship, you know, like that, it's, that is it's not what just, a, it's not is, zero sum. That is what 90 cinema has taught me to believe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the idea of, um, uh, yeah, this, this, this is the thing. So I feel like trying to, trying to find positives around the idea of, uh, aristocracy. I feel like that idea of at least the, the closest I can come to off the top of my head is the idea of, um, uh, relating it to my own life and decisions I've made in my own life. And part of that is the idea that, um, you know, my, I come from a line of parents who made certain sacrifices, uh, and went through certain ordeals so that their children could have a better life. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I reached a sense of that early in my life that made me not want to just do the same thing. Like, because my idea of, my idea of just a bunch of parents just doing that in an endless, um, conveyor belt of self-sacrifice i was like well that ju that just ruined that makes the whole thing pointless at some point someone should stop and enjoy the fruits of a better life and um i just i was like you know you know what would be cool if is if that was me i would enjoy it if that was me so um you know there's a lot of decisions i've made in my life to just be uh again uh leisure class within my uh within my middle class bracket and um uh Accept the idea that to accept the idea that I have privilege over uh, the majority of people in the world in the world, and um, that uh, the thing that they don't need from me, <laughs> if I'm not going to do more to actually, uh, just if I'm not going to give my wealth away, and if I'm not going to devote my life to acts of service for them, then the the thing that they're not going to be interested in me replacing that with by which i mean the people with without my advantages they don't want me to it it does nothing for them for me to stand around wringing my hands about it or performatively coming up with excuses or arguments for why i have it just as tough as them um this you know there's there's really nothing there's <laughs> there's nothing i can do for them uh other than a become a much, you know, a much more self-sacrificing person or B, just get on with um, enjoying the thing the way that they would if they had it. And uh, I have chosen B. <laughs> you should, you should, um, you know, be, given the sort of magnitude of a conscious life 
decision like that. You should find a way to survey the worst off people that you can come into contact with and, 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 and test and test that just, just, um, for, for my, for my leisure. <laughs> so I'll give them like a multiple choice. Would you, would you, would you, di- what do you want ask, from Nick? Ask, ask them if I, ask them if they would feel better if they thought that I felt bad about how much better my life was than them, than theirs. Cause they yeah. might, maybe they'd be like, no, actually I do want you to feel bad. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, how else it's, I guess the point is how else would you know, but I, I, I I know I've reached, I reached a similar leisure class decision myself because my family made a string of like sort of, sort of entire sacrifices for, um, you know, the lives of future progeny and, um, that, that have been, you know, hugely distressing for them and, and really difficult to do. And, um, and the idea that I would take those opportunities and then be really stressed about, um, Sorry to pick on one vocation, but to be really stre- just because it's a status marker in our own society, but be really stressed about you know uh, getting a law degree and then becoming a, a lawyer and then you know getting a large mortgage and those things is to me just so. Leave the lawyers just- alone for a second. <laughs> Haven't they suffered enough? <laughs> they have. This is which is my they, point. <laughs> yes, yeah. they have. And this is the other thing. I mean, obviously, it's an obvious point, but the um, idea, just the reality that a lot of parents, um, and progenitors, um, efforts to do what they think is going to benefit the next generation of these have just been misapplied, misconceived mm. or, or yeah. not, not examined enough, you know, just even just a simple idea of, Oh, I will amass the maximum amount of, um, material wealth for my family. And that, and that's the best, that's the most responsible thing I can do. It's like, well, that's probably, that's, that's almost, that's definitely not the most responsible thing you can do compared to other things. And, you know, your example before about the guy being like, Oh, I'll, I'll get that. I'll, I'll wait. 10 minutes of, um, time with mm. my kids against, uh, you know, an entire rest of the day spent just, uh, amassing my own sense of wealth and status and, uh, and just wealth for my family. I remember, I always remember, um, when I was, uh, I just, just finished uni and, um, uh, was just happily trying to duck, um, ending up in any kind of stable work situation. And I did a bunch of, uh, just, unpaid, uh, laboring, uh, um, for like trade show setups through this extremely shonky company run by this extremely shonky guy. Um, and, uh, would do go and do weird shifts and the, it would always be some event company guy running the site. And, um, one of the, there was this one guy, uh, who would, um, constantly be the sort of site boss. And he was just, he was deeply unhappy, unpleasant fellow and would be, uh, you know, and again, he had a bunch of incompetent staff, including me. So that was part of it. But also he, uh, was just having a horrible, miserable life. And he would constantly complain about how he would work, how he, all he ever did was work and would constantly want to one up anyone else's complaint about anything by saying that he was the one who worked the most hours. And, um, then would sometimes talk about his kids and his, um, house that was being built out in, uh, Gungalan and, um, yeah, just all of this, all the slaving and sacrificing he was doing for his family and his kids. And, um, I remember just, yeah, it's, it was just such a stark, um, bad, bad idea just unfolding behind me in front of me. I was like, well, your kids, your kids are going to hate your guts. Like, because you're are you sure it wasn't, are you sure it wasn't, I mean, I mean, I, I don't doubt that that's true, but you sure it wasn't, uh, uh, like a performative thing to, it, it was. to mask the dissonance of maybe, you know, bad, his own 
maybe mismanagement of everyone's energy? Uh, I mean, there was there was that, but to me, the the bigger performance was the internal performance he was doing to himself, which was yeah, sure, the, which is the idea that these decisions are the right decisions to be. That that, that that clearly, this is how you have to live your life, and that there's no yeah, cho- that's that a didn't, that, that didn't comes have up choice. a lot. Mm. That's a dissonance that comes up a lot that people don't have a choice. Like they buy into something that's very hard that they're do- that they're doing, and um, they have to justify the suffering um, by. Uh, sort of um have expressing every emotion except for um whatever one drives interrogating the decision that led to that, that and, to the choice to take to undertake that that responsibility and interrogating the things that underpin your own sense of self and your ego is very hard um for do, most yeah people. if it was easy yeah you you wouldn't just be do a problem it. but also it's usually the most worthwhile thing you can do um, in times of crisis or in life or in terms of major life decision making so and and again it's less I think the, uh, just, to, you know, to be explicit to our listeners, like, yeah, there are um, vast amounts of humanity that are in positions in the world where they don't have a choice uh, over what they do in their own life. And I think that's what mean, that's what makes me, as someone who most of the people in my sphere aren't that, most of the people in my sphere are people who do have a, a lot of choice and freedom over what they do in their life. Um, it's it's more, it makes it more obviously uh false when they behave and um position themselves in ways that that makes it that where they're trying to present to themselves or to others that they don't have a choice which at at risk of getting back onto the topic i think is um one one of the small virtues of something like aristocracy and class systems where where, um you know this that sort of that sort of behavior that you describe where people are um you know have an uncertainty around their own life and and uh perhaps haven't dedicated the or don't have the capacity to dedicate the 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 self-reflection time that would lead to making different decisions or decisions that would flow more rewards back into their life is is that um that sort of contemporary anxiety uh status anxiety and and place anxiety and existentialist function like what you know it's aris like having a dedicated place in society that you're that you're apportioned to and and told whether that means you're an aristocrat or not, or some or whatever, um, is at least one. If crude and not based on reality, um, is at least one way of um, offsetting of offsetting that. Like I, I, I wonder if, um, like I, I wish, I wish that there were good tools for mapping how um, different anxieties have been um, distributed across different societies in time. I, I don't, I don't know. If, I'm, sh- I'm sure someone's tried to do it, but. I imagine it's hard given cultures are so different. I'm sure that the arguments that a lot of people who are pro-aristocracy would make would be um, to do with, A, um, the idea of uh, the, yeah, the idea of having a strata of society, a, a strata of the population be, um, set, you know, set up uh, to be playing certain roles of um, exercising status or power, whether direct or ceremonial, um, as a good thing in terms of, yes, that sense of, you know, it, people would be arguing for the idea of um, the the calm and the, and the counter to anxiety that people in society know that they, knowing their station would... Uh, would, would deliver, but that's then we're getting into class, which is a separate idea to rank a bigger yeah. idea. I think the other thing I see, because I'm thinking about the modern aristocracies that exist, which generally tend to be um, 
Power, benign in terms of power. Benign in terms of how much direct decision-making they're Yeah, political onto. power, yeah. Political power, but um, but still, you know, quite a pretty big drain on resources. And a lot of people would say, yeah, I think the pro arguments would be about, oh, the, the delight and the... Um, the positive narrative that they give to the to the people to the to the citizens um which to me obviously as someone who uh doesn't find the narratives and characters of the aristocracy to be delightful um i'm biased against that argument but also i feel like even even if the even if it's fun for people who are royal spotters to be doing that the countering that against the cost it's transferable yeah yeah exactly it's a tra- the, it's a transferable phenomenon surely yeah um, you've already got, you know, we've already got celebrity and we haven't, we didn't cane celebrity when we ranked it. So I feel like, you know, when you, we haven't got it ranked super high or super low. So I feel like, um, yeah, a lot of that argument has been abstracted into the idea of, oh yeah, if, if you want people to be, um, using as aspirational figures or as just escapist narrative figures to invest into, um, you don't need aristocrats to do that. What else would I be missing in terms of specific, not just class status, but specifically aristocracy in terms of positive arguments before, you know, what's stopping us from just getting straight into ranking this? Um, there's, I, I think that there, like there's, the trait of aristocracy is, is unique to other forms of concentrated high wealth and opportunity. And so I think that there must be other, like, because there are definitely, um, commensurate with that difference uh, costs but then what are, what are the there must be gains I, I i'm also struggling to think of them i should i should disclose that i have a hereditary title you've disclosed um, this on the podcast previously oh have i yep yeah right yeah um, but, but, but but please but interestingly again it for means new listeners. It, no it means nothing and um was something that um you know my father didn't even tell me until i was like 19 or something because it's not he told you, know, you something he did tell you across the long oak dining table in the middle of your, <laughs> in the in the in the middle of the uh, uh, ancillary castle that you used just on weekends. I assume I can still hear his voice reverberating from that stone, <laughs> the stone of our fathers. <laughs> um, uh, no, um, and I'm just trying to think that if they like you know um, much as in any other sort of like niche cultural club, there there's a there's sort of um, there are benefits that that flow because uh, what, what was it we were talking about where you liked that that it that it existed at all that people were doing weird things that would that if you got rid of them did, do you remember which topic that was uh, when we were talking about inheritance I remember I was I liked the idea that people could um, put their inheritance towards their their specific bizarre niche activity yeah, so, that so I guess, they liked I guess in the same way you know there there is at least a, a by having um, huge amounts of res- it's exactly the same thing. By having huge amounts of resources in the hands of you know what are typically inbred nut jobs, um, like you do, you do get like um, you know large sponsorships of, of of what would otherwise be very niche cultural productions. Uh, you know, nobody is, but um, uh, there's. Uh, I'm just. Uh, it's it's hard to separate what are uniquely aristocratic traits. Definitely in terms of um, inherited power, I. I one thing, actually, I want to say before we get into the ranking, I'm sorry if this is um, opening too big a can, a can of worms, but it is interesting to note how, um, say, that sort of effect of um, children of people with political power being given the opportunities and grooming, et cetera, and expectation has has led to, like, um, you know, in the US we almost had, um, you know, four presidents from two families in, 
you know, within the span of one generation. So, um, uh, there, there, there is like a, you know, we literally, we've, we've literally had a father son U S president, which is, which is a striking thing to emerge from, from a elected electoral democracy. Um, I'll admit the, um, the one thing that I did that was quite pleasant for me about the 2016 election, um, uh, that I think, uh, didn't get there wasn't a lot of time for the discourse to stop and acknowledge it is that um yeah it really looked at the start of that sequence like we were staring down the barrel of that particular station becoming an aristocracy because you had the two the front runners from both parties were uh from you know had a family connection to a previous president and it's not something that we've escaped because of course um the current u.s president's own progeny are all in um various positions of social political power at the moment. Um, yes. Or, or, or not all of them, some of them are underage, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it is a, it is a, you know, we have a Donald Trump Jr. Like, um, and there'll be, an, and, and there'll be an attempt to groom him. So I guess I take some solace from the idea that there was a level of, um, aristocracy that wasn't, although actually all it, you could add one lens you could look at is that all it is, is again, it just shows that, the power of aristocracy has been superseded by the power of celebrity. I mean, the the it's you could you could very much argue that what actually won out um, in in the twenty sixteen election was just the the it, it eventually became uh, something of a celebrity race between two celebrity candidates and the one that was the biggest celeb that was more of a celebrity uh, one, which obviously is sobering in its own way. But I think I think it's a bit reductive to say that. Um aristocracy has been replaced with celebrity. Cause I think that a lot of the appeal of um, say the British Royals is in their celebrity. And, and I feel like a lot of the disdain, like when various movements have overthrown aristocracy, I feel like um, that's mapping a dissatisfaction with, um, with hierarchy and inequality to one cause that it doesn't perfectly map either. Yep. Um, which is why you, you see, see um, the trend sort of reasserting um in systems that ostensibly have nothing to do with uh, hereditary title. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I'm a bit wary of conflating all that stuff too closely, but I, th I think, I think they just cross map as in, you know, there's plenty of aristocracy, yeah. there's plenty yeah. of aristocracy at, um, at play in within celebrity. I just think, yeah, it's, there's arguably celebrity has become the largest super idea and aristocracy, which yeah, we open by saying like aristocracy is still um, wildly persistent worldwide. Um, just in, just if you're talking about the, the narrowest definition of, um, uh, leadership of nation states. Um, but yeah, sort of, but as you say, bro broadening it out, um, into the idea of, uh, there being like, um, uh, not even class, no, not even class, uh, relationships in society, but just the idea of an inherited, to, to me, it's about not just inherited wealth, cause that's just inheritance, but inherited, inherited social position inherited yeah. inherited um access to social position and, and i think like um you know even if there are like even if we could interrogate the topic to squeeze it out to find out more unique benefits i think that they're so that they're all off the basis of an irreality which is the idea that there is some legitimacy to those those stations being conferred in that way um or, or them even having a foundational legitimacy that that is an ideal way to run a society that I think we're I think we must be ready to trash this one to 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 pretty low in our list. We found things to like in inheritance. Inheritance isn't too low in the list, so I think if you've got that, there's just I don't there's I mean yeah, what's the argument? at the moment our bottom of the list? Um, we've got ideology at the dead bottom. We've got fulfillment just above that. 
at third last, we've got faith just to, at second last, we've got faith at third last. Like, um, does that, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a degree of, um, um, ish, yeah, yeah. Which is factor, like, you know, how bad is it? You know? Um, yeah. But it's, um, it's certainly, it's certainly, it certainly seems to be in that same arena of bad with no, with no upsides worth fighting for. Yeah. Fa- faith and ideology are core components of, of, of uh, an aristocratic system and and so are definitely worse because um, they're sort of foundational prerequisites for it. Um, what, what's third bottom at the moment? So third bottom was faith. So we've got faith, fulfillment, fulfillment and ideology. And they all, again, on that argument, they all, they all seem worse just from their reach and spread. Yeah. Um, fourth last is debate. And fairness is above that. I feel like this is more the, this is more the soup. This, this is a better matchup bracket. We've got- yeah, what do you think? They, I think they interact in funny ways because I think um, you you want to have good mechanisms for navigating um, your understanding of of how to build a good society and how to exchange information um, and and get good ideas to the top uh, in order to 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 get over arist- aristocracy as a as a natural good idea. And so, consequently, I think things like fairness and debate, which down downweight um, those sorts of the use of of um, of social exchange dialogues that they're kind of still worse. I think I, yeah, I mean the interestingly just above those, this feels, um, strangely comparable. So fandom is our other, is, is the other, yeah, you're right. which, yeah, that's, that's like weirdly in the same space. And I mean, fandom is just fandom is where we're getting into things. There's fandom and there's borders above that. I think, Comparable. Both of them are better, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Fandom, fandom, obviously, at its worst, it's it's cringy and leads people to it. It leads to bad outcomes, maybe more on the individual level, even though it's a mass phenomenon. I feel like yeah, it's it, the worst version of it is just getting in the way of people's of of just more edifying ways that people could engage with things that they love. Um, borders borders compares in terms of being. Um, yeah, just a a, a a perfectly sensible organized or system of organization for them to for it to have been tried and then scaled up over thousands of years. But and we wouldn't go out of our way to choose. Yeah, um, we would go out of our way not to choose. That's it. Yeah. But at least, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, both of them seem. Uh, yeah, aristocracy seems like that, but more so. Like borders, I could still, um, <laughs> but. Borders, uh, yeah. I think you. I think you could really get into. You would have. You would really have to just be able to observe all of human history to um, playing out to in to know whether there's been more harm caused by borders or more harm caused by aristocracy. But um, separate to that, I think just as an idea that you would be choosing to enact or not enact in an, in a new society you're making, I think borders might squeak just ahead of aristocracy in terms of having an argument for it. I agree with that, but I, 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 I would feel like borders are responsible for more, um, harm than aristocracy. Mm, I guess the other, the argument. Oh, it's hard to say though. I yeah, guess you're with, right. <laughs> with, with borders, with borders, there were, there were arguments, there were arguments for borders that had, that weren't without merit. Um, as yeah. in, as in, yes, even if the cost is higher, there, all the arguments are borders, all the arguments for borders are arguments for why the cost, why the human cost of borders is necessary. Um, which 
to me, they weren't super compelling, which is why it's down the bottom, but they're still, they're still there. Whereas what are the arguments for why aristocracy is necessary? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, f- yeah. I'm feeling below borders and fandom, but, um, Great. but above fairness. So that's, let's it. do it. Yeah. Terrific. All right. Nice one. Great. Well, let's, uh, let's take our leave of this episode and, um, go and, uh, spend the rest of the afternoon on your ancestral yacht. No, yeah, we're hunting down Louis on the seas. <laughs> uh, hunting humans for sport. Next to be ranked on the podcast, Rank Ideas. I thought we just did it. Sometimes emotions, sometimes emotions.